I'm recording. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Well, tough shit because I am here and you are there. That's true. So next year when we're together, you owe me a Coke. Yeah. That's (laughs) alright. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, Well, hello, horror huns, or as my manager called us the other day, um, horny honeys. Um, Wow. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, V. And I'm Meg, the other host. Hello. How's everybody doing? It's October. I'm so excited. Eh. Yeah, it's October, and yeah, if you're probably very confused as to why I said that my manager called us the Horny Honeys, it's because he couldn't remember the name of the podcast um, that I do with Meg, and he was like, um, are you still doing your thing? And I was like, my thing? He's like, yeah, with your friend, um, Horny Honeys or something like that, and I just looked at him, I was like, I mean, that's accurate, but no, <laughs> it's horror hands, babe. I was going to ask, like, what context was that brought up? Because, like, if my boss was like, are you still doing hor- horny honeys? I'd be like, what? <laughs> uh, it was around one of my co-workers as well, Diogo. And we both just looked at each other like, that's accurate, but no, <laughs> that's not correct. <laughs> yeah, it's literally because he forgot. The name of horror hunts at least he got double h i mean we are That's what I'm going with. we are horny for horror but you know <laughs> horn dogs <laughs> <laughs> oh this so funny. it seems too like funny. we we both had a very eventful saturday yes yes obviously when we're recording this it's sunday the 9th of october and Meg just did her first vendor show. Yeah, Val and I did a vendor show for our little brand, Undead Thread Co. Um, We have some inventory left over, so you can find us on Etsy. Um, We have some cute signs and earrings and horror ornaments. But yeah, so I spent my Saturday doing that. And you spent your Saturday doing something I wish I was doing. Yes, I binge-watched the whole series of The Midnight Club. And let me tell you, it was so good. So, so, so good. If you enjoyed Fear Street trilogy, you would really enjoy this because it is aimed for teenagers. It's a teen horror. But it was it was so good. And I cried a lot. Because... Oh, my God, stop. No, because obviously, if you don't know, the Midnight Club is a bunch of kids who live in a hospice and they tell, you know, stories at midnight in the Mm -hmm. Midnight Club. Um, And that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, at some points I was bawling over it. But then again, I was I was I was laughing a lot as well. And I did get a few jump scares as well. So, well, it is funny that you watched that because yesterday for the vendor show um for our halloween episode we're going to talk about like our favorite scary movies and so i asked people at the vendor show i'm like write down your favorite scary movie we're going to read them off on our episode and i talked about mike flanagan a lot yesterday so it just makes me happy that you were 
across the pond watching Mike Flanagan while I was talking about Mike Flanagan. So that's, we're just synced, me and you. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think I was watching a TikTok of someone going, hey, Midnight Club is out now and it's a part of the f- <laughs> it was it's um directed by well one couple of the episodes are directed by mike flanagan but you know he adapted it stuff like that and um apparently um it's part of the um flanifers excuse me the flanifers so mike flanagan universe cinematic oh, okay. universe the flanifers i thought you were talking about like flanagan thirst and i'm like i've seen him and i'm not thirsting for him but that's i mean no if that's you go no. off the <laughs> the universe of films he's creating the flanagan verse i think it's actually called the flanagan verse okay cool so so he that's has, kind of funny he has midnight club and midnight mass interesting yes the midnight obviously the midnight club and midnight mass are adapted by two different books but yeah it's it's gonna be it's it's i'm really excited for you to watch it to let me know what you think um it's not as slow of a burner as i would say midnight mass um i would say it would probably have the same level of speed as probably hill house i would say okay because so i know that we haven't talked about midnight mass on here and i'm a huge mike flanagan fan but fuck I cannot stand Midnight Mass. That show sucks ass, and I'm sure that we will talk about it at some point, but it is mm. not my fave. I watched something good last week that is not available in the UK, and that's Watcher. It's more of like a yeah. horror thriller. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it, but it has, I think her name is Mika Monroe, I think. I don't know. She is the main girl from It Follows, which I didn't know she was also dating Joe Keery for like a long time but they're hot together so i love that for them but that movie (laughs) was so good like i highly recommend it to a lot of anybody listening i watched it with my mother-in-law and she doesn't really do horror movies we were just i was like i'm gonna watch this movie do you want to watch it with me and she was like yeah and both of us were like that was really good so i highly recommend and if you ever get the chance to watch it be take it because i'm sure that you're gonna be like yes i love it <laughs> let's face it it'll probably be available in two to three months like everything that seems to not be available in the uk yeah. like still one still don't know when Pearl's gonna be released in the uk <laughs> two don't know when don't know when hellraiser is gonna be released in the uk which i'm really fucking pissed about don't know when the monsters is gonna be released in the uk Listen, listeners, V is mad and will not even let me tell them if Hellraiser is good or bad. That's fucked up, no, V. That hurts me. No, I, I'm normally okay with you telling me whether or not it's good or not. But because I've been so excited for Hellraiser, because I love the originals and I'm very excited for this modern adaptation of it, I am so fucking angry that it has been released on hulu which normally hulu stuff gets released on disney plus in the uk there's no fucking sign of when it's going to be released here and i'm just so seething i just keep getting even more pissed off about things not being released in the uk i am just getting so sick of it that i'm tempted to pack up my bags and move to canada at this point hey you'd be closer to me 
Um, but exactly. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to watch Hellraiser today because I know that a lot of people really, really dig the original Hellraiser. If sh- you do, I'm excited to watch this because I am like, uh, like Hellraiser to me is okay. Like it's not something that that's I'm s- why I'm also pissed off. You don't even really like the franchise. No, I see, do. But here's the thing: <laughs> is I feel like from the trailers that I've seen, the photos that I've seen of the reboots, I feel like it is closer to what I would normally like. I don't know. Just the original franchise is just a little bit too slow. To I don't know. For me, like, I'll watch them. They just aren't my, like, ooh, Hellraiser's on. I'm going to watch Hellraiser. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's there. I've seen it. Eh. Sad face emoji. I know you're just mad, but let's talk about something that does not make you mad, and that is... Excuse me. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I was trying to hold it in. I'm not editing that out. All of your, like, (laughs) anger just came out in that one little burst. But I want to talk about something that doesn't make you mad. And that is this week's horror news. Yes. It's, it's basically double back-to-back Scooby-Doo. But there is one thing I want to bring up that's not horror-related, but it's Halloween-related. Okay, and I love Halloween, so let's go. And it, and it is my... Um, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it is from me to you that you need to fucking get one of these. Okay, okay, okay. And it is the fact that McDonald's is going to be bringing back the Happy Meal palers. I saw that and I definitely am going to get one and I will get multiple and I will save you one. I love the witch one out of all of them. So you've got the jack-o'-lantern, yeah. the pumpkin, the ghost and the witch. The witch has always been the one that I've always gone, oh my God, that looks cute. Because originally these were released in the 90s, weren't they? Yeah. And only in America. We don't get this shit over here in the UK. Well, when you come and visit, and... I'll give you your pumpkin pail or your witch pail. Yes, please do. And so it's um, apparently returning to McDonald's restaurants nationwide, US nationwide, not UK nationwide, um, from October 18th to October 31st. They are going to so sell out of you... those like crazy, dude. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like on, when bloody disgusting made a post about it the top comment is literally coming soon to ebay (laughs) because you know scalpers are gonna be fucking buying this shit up because scalping is worse than ever at the moment yeah that's Uh, for sure excuse me oh my god my anger is just coming out but today i saw (laughs) but yeah that does make me excited it makes me happy for you because at least now I have a bestie in America that could potentially get one for me if if, you, if there's one available. Obviously, I'm not going to pressure you to get me one. Uh, October 18th, I'm going to be in the drive-thru. Like, I'm going to need like four of those, please. Thank you. <laughs> Run me my chicken nuggets and sweet and sour sauce, baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, bitch, yes. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, that makes me excited, and I will have that on display in my kitchen 365. Without a doubt, I don't even need to say that, but yes. <laughs> and that's on what? Halloween being year-round, bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the um, main part of our horror news today is basically back- a double vision of Scooby-Doo news. So we have 
official confirmation that in the new Scooby-Doo Halloween movie that Velma is confirmed to be gay. Now, if you know, you know you've already been there. We have already been and known that probably Velma and Daphne have been in a secret relationship. We've been we've been knowing. We've I, been known. I tweeted it and I still stand by Latex Velma is a queer. She's gay. Okay? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And in Zombie Island when um Velma is floating in the air and trying to put a skirt down and Daphne's like kind of just like standing there staring. Confirmed gay relationship. Eh. <laughs> but you know. It's like, we already know that Velma was gay. It's just now we've got the official confirmation that, yes, this bitch loves bitches. And we're here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And then, obviously, sticking with the Velma news, Velma is getting her own TV series. Yeah, her own animated series. Well, her own, yeah. And... uh, I think it's aimed to more adults, isn't it? Yeah, I saw one of my friends, Nicolette, said that they weren't necessarily super excited just because of the trailer. Although, I mean, it's definitely a Scream reference with that trailer, Mm. so I'm 100% here for it. It's not going to be what you think it's going to be. We always say that. But, I mean, I'm super excited for it. I personally think have faith in it i know that some people might not and only thing that i'm kind of like i'm not a huge mindy kaylee fan um so i'm kind of like but sam richardson's in it and shaggy is a man of color so that is nice very refreshing yeah even velma's a woman of color Mm -hmm. and people get impressed about this are fucking dumb these are fictional characters. They can be anything that the creator wants them to be. Like, Exactly. It's fucking dumb. If you don't like it, you don't have to fucking watch it. You can just stick to the, you know, other hundreds of thousands of Scooby-Doo adaptations where Belma's white, Shaggy's white, Daphne's white, Fred is white, and Scooby-Doo is brown brown the only brown character (laughs) but i watched the trailer and i think mindy's voice actually sounds very close to what we've heard velma's voice be in the past i definitely do i just i'm not somebody that like seeks out her work so i'm gonna be interested her in yeah the only thing i've seen her in really is the office us yeah that's it yeah, so I am interested. I just know that my friend's point, I guess, was just like it didn't it didn't feel like the Scooby Doo, I'm guessing. Um, if I'm reading her message correctly. But um so I'm excited and I love Sam Richardson, so I'm for it. Yeah, me too, me too. And I think also people need to remember that this isn't Mystery Inc. This isn't Scooby Doo. This is Velma investigating stuff by herself with appearances from her friends. This is focused on Velma. They chose the best Scooby Doo character to do that because Velma is such a boss bitch. So I'm excited to see like her actually get the credit and the light that she deserved in the 
original show. Because she basically ran them. Like, come on. Yeah, and she's a bit plump as well. She's got a bit of a body. She's, she's a thick got body, girl. Oddy, oddy. She's a big girl. And we love to see it because that's also representation we need. Absolutely. So I'm excited for it, but I'm also very excited for today's topic. If you didn't have any more horror news. I don't. I don't know. And I have been waiting, waiting patiently for us to talk about this fucking film. I have been waiting. And I have made you wait until Halloween to talk about Trick or Treat. Because we thought about doing it for the anthology series when we did that. But honestly, I don't think that I can go a Halloween season without watching this movie. So I only thought it was Mm -hmm. fitting to do it in October. I suppose so, but I've just been dying to talk about it because I love this film so much. So we go from... A Halloween movie that we love and adored as children to a Halloween movie this week that we love and adore as adults. And I I 100% credit that with the way that they were able to tell this anthology because it's not a normal anthology movie to me. It really twists and turns. It doesn't give you a linear storyline. And I feel like that's what sets it apart in my mind. Like, all of the stories kind of intermingle, but not in ways that you would expect. So you can't really see the twist coming it because it doesn't give it to you in order. But I know that that's not everyone's favorite. Like, I've seen some people say online that it kind of makes it harder to follow. But I don't know if you're like us and you watch it every year during this time. I think that it kind of lays it out nicely for you. I think some people just need to use critical thinking at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> if you can't follow something so fucking simple, I don't I don't think you've got the brain cells for it, my dude. Like, I, I'm sorry. My opinion, obviously. If you don't enjoy this film, that's completely valid and up to you. But also, my opinion is you're dumb. Hold on. This is like one of the only times that I will say this because we we very highly stand by. If it's your opinion, like that's fine. Me and V don't share the same opinions on some movies or series. But if you don't like Trick or Treat, you're wrong period, point blank. I'm sorry I don't make the rules. And this movie has gone on to be a cult classic, especially because it wasn't even released in actual cinemas. Like, this was not a wide release film. No, and I think what also helps this film is it's a adorable little mascot. Oh, Oh, everybody's favorite little trick-or-treater, Sam. Yeah, so this movie was, like, shelved for two years. So it originally premiered in 2007, and they were supposed to release it, and I guess shortly thereafter, but it never got the wide release. And no one's, like, 100% sure why that happened. And I saw somebody say that it was because they didn't want it to compete with Saw 4. I don't know if Saw 4 was, like, a blockbuster hit or, like, what was going on. I wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> like, was that the movie? But um, like you said about Um, Sam, I feel like a big credit is Michael Daughtry or Daughtry. Daughtry, I think is how you say his name, who wrote and directed this movie. Sam was actually inspired by a short 
an animated short that Michael Dotri had created back in 1996 when he was at NYU. And it was called Season's Greetings. And he made Sam in this animated short just because of his love for Halloween and um, Samhain. And I 100% agree with you. Sam? Snaps for Sam. Snaps for Sam in deeds. We, we love this little man. Oh my god. And obviously, us talking about this film has come in a great time because obviously as we spoke about in last horror news they're gonna make a trick-or-treat too oh my god i'm so excited you know if it's gonna be as good as this one oh my god i can't wait for this film to finally get the love and recognition it deserves literally same i know the horror community loves this movie but i don't think that like that the general audience has seen much of this movie just because it wasn't really released and it makes me sad because this is coming on the heels of this guy helped write the superman movie that came out around that same time and that absolutely crashed and fucking burned but i feel like if this movie came out in theaters he would be much more well respected as a director and creator because this movie fucking rocks mm-hmm. it really does and obviously when we get into the segments we, we were, we're gonna obviously tell you which ones we absolutely loved um there were no segments that i hated and i don't either you hated any <laughs> yeah me um so um obviously with horror anthologies you have an opening you have x amount of stories in the middle and then you have your conclusion so this one has your opening and then you've got four stories that interconnect in some sort of way all of them don't connect but maybe this one connects with that one that one connects with this one you know like trying to match up the strings colors strings to I'm just thinking of Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Absolutely. <laughs> the <Literally>. board. <laughs> just So one thing that we said that makes this movie work is Sam. And Sam can be seen in all of these stories. This takes place all on Halloween night. And Sam is kind of there to, I don't want to say antagonize the situation, but he's mm, he's there. He's the guardian. He's the guardian of the rules of Halloween. Yeah, so if you if you don't mind, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent about Sam oh, okay. here for a second. I gotta okay. I gotta adjust okay. my glasses. Okay, 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 okay. Go. So go for it. Sam is supposed to embody like the entire spirit of Sawin. I know that that's not truly how you pronounce it because it is a like Celtic pagan festival. Um, but it's supposed to mean like the darker half of the year. So it's the ending of this year's harvest and it's bringing forth the darkness if you will it's in the middle of the fall equinox and the winter solstice and it was celebrated october 31st so basically the pagans would have these huge festivals with bonfires and they can't really exactly pinpoint what happened at these festivals but they kind of believe that they would make animal sacrifices and kind of make like costumes out of their skin and heads when i first found out about that you know, I was like, ooh, that's kind of creepy. But now thinking about it, I'm like, ooh, yellow jackets. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
But it's also supposed to be a day where the veil is kind of like lifted between our world and the spirit world. So it makes it easier to communicate with those not of this world. And I think that that is what really works about the character of Sam. Because he's supposed to completely embody that sort of thing. He kind of looks like a kid in a costume. So you have this like current American idea of what Halloween is like at a surface level. But when you pull back his mask that you see in the final act, it's something darker and like older and ancient. So it embodies both aspects of Halloween, which the creator was wanting to do. He was wanting us to see like, this darker, more pagan view of the holiday, as well as this Americanized, as we've talked about before, holiday that truly feels, I don't know, I can't explain it since you're not an American, but you know, this, that big block party, like that's truly how it felt, all these kids in costumes. So I really feel like he was able to mesh those two things just with Sam alone, but also in the movie in general. Yeah. I told you I was going off on a tangent. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine, bestie. It's fine. (laughs) But no, yeah. Obviously growing up, I've had, you know, so much American media fed into my brain, especially (laughs) like Halloween American media. So growing up, it was all about, you know, going out in your costume with your parents going door to door going to different neighborhoods going trick-or-treat you know in your costume and that's just that's just not what we do here we play knockdown ginger and that's it in the uk that's the only time <laughs> well it's knockdown knock ginger so knockdown ginger it's called different things in different parts of the uk but growing up it was called knockdown ginger right okay so basically you and a bunch of friends would be in like a little neighborhood a little cul-de-sac and you would basically dare someone to go up to this a random person's door knock on it and run away and hide so ding dong ditch that's what it's yeah. called in america and it's called <laughs> yeah it's called knock down ginger in i thought you were gonna be like you knocked on their door and then you pushed over whoever answered the door and ran away <laughs> <laughs> no you knock on a door and if it's a ginger you smack him in the face yeah i was like what the fuck <laughs> no but Yeah, so seeing Sam in all of these stories, I feel so connected to him because I'm just like, you're so cute, but also so evil. And I don't know why I love you so much, but I do love you. (laughs) I personally don't think he's evil. Right. I, he's only, he's there to enforce the rules of Halloween. And he only ever attacks or kills people who don't follow those rules as we see in the beginning of the film now this opening scene kind of did take me by surprise when i first watch it because like it felt like low budget but then it doesn't but then it does you know what i'm saying like it has Mm -hmm. that it like rides that fine line but this opening scene like immediately sold me dude a hundred percent i uh it's just it starts off the film so good yeah so strong and like striking like my first viewing i was like okay she's taking down her decorations Mm -hmm. what could go wrong Ooh, yeah but doesn't and the husband henry so the wife emma really hates halloween and they come back from like a halloween party and she's like right okay it's time to you know take the decorations down my mom's gonna freak out when she sees these like yeah (laughs) And her husband Henry's like, um, 
no, you have to leave it up because that's a tradition of Halloween. Like, you can't blow out the jack-o'-lanterns. You have to let them burn. Yeah. And she's like, um, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> well, well, no. So she's like, mm, okay. Waits for Henry to fall asleep. And she's like, right, okay, fuck you. I'm going to go out and I'm going to take all this shit down. And she starts blowing out jack-o'-lanterns and stuff like that. And all of a sudden... Doesn't the music get ambiance like spookily ookly? It does. And she gets ambushed, attacked. And we don't oh know my by God, what. what's happening. No. Then husband Henry, doting, loving Halloween husband Henry. Henry is down. in bed and fell asleep watching porn. I don't know if he's like a loving, doting husband. I said loving, doting Halloween lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wakes up. And he's like, oh, where's my wife? My wife goes My out. wife. My wife <laughs> goes out, takes down this sheet, and there we see Emma on display with her mutilated corpse. I was about to say, we see Emma's head with a sucker shoved in it. And I think that that is the turning point for me because I was like, okay, maybe she's just like dead on one of those things. Like, but not only is she <laughs> dead, she's fucking dismembered. <laughs> like, Yeah, she's got Sam's iconic jack-o'-lantern pumpkin lollipop shoved in her fucking mouth. And that's our opening. And that is how we know that this movie is not gonna fuck around but also like when it comes to like coming home from a party who goes i'm gonna take down their decorations like i'm too fucking tired for that like what 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 is going on miss emma she just she's on next level legit that's an issue for me the next day yeah i i if i'm going out i'm going out to enjoy myself and if i get home and something's messy i'm gonna be like that's a you problem for tomorrow good night (laughs) (laughs) you know I ain't dealing with it. Literally, though. But the next story that they outline, I feel it made me so uncomfortable from the start. If we're going to be talking about the Principal Wilkins storyline. Yes. I actually found this storyline quite funny. Okay, I thought it was (laughs) funny, too. But the opening where he's sitting there with this kid, this kid comes up to get candy from him yes, charlie yeah charlie. comes up to get candy and principal wilkins provides said candy and we don't find out that it's poisoned until charlie starts projectile vomiting and that legitimately makes my stomach flip like the sound of his gurgling ugh, disgusting disgusting but this story kind of took me off guard because the principal is a serial killer but a real sick twisted one because not only is he killing people he's teaching his kid to be just like him very disturbing it is it's so funny it's just well he we see him trying to bury charlie's body while also trying to hand out candy to trick-or-treaters one of the trick-or-treaters being sam obviously because he's got to make an appearance absolutely and the principal um continues to attempt to bury uh charlie in his backyard but he's continuously interrupted by his young son billy 
his um, elderly neighbor, Mr. <laughs> Cregan. So the part of this that was really funny to me, though, that you touched on was when they went to the door and he was covered in blood and nobody thought anything of it because yeah. it's Halloween. It's obviously the, it's the perfect, perfect night to commit crime. Stop it. <laughs> I tried to stop myself, but, you know, people aren't going to question if you're covered in blood. Like, oh, cool costume. <laughs> you know. Okay, Art the Clown. no but that's that's basically it that's probably why he killed this child on halloween because one he's gonna get away with it because the child's unattended so that child could be anywhere truly and two if you're covered in blood people are just gonna think it's a fucking costume and we see this later in the movie um, at the block party, like, oh, everybody's covered in blood. Like, it's not something that, you know, is kind of off for that day. I mean, mm-hmm. people are dressed up to the nines, but this isn't something that he's done once. He, this is a tradition between him and his kid. And you do think that he's going to kill Billy because Billy's kind of freaking annoying and is bothering him. But no, he stabs a knife down onto the decapitated head of Charlie. Is that the kid's name? Well, so when um we see him trying to bury charlie there's another body uh, there's a body of another victim the other victim turns out to still be alive and is struggling in his sack so that forces wilkins to violently beat him to death with a shovel yeah anyone can you know discern what that noise is this dude is a sick fuck and he is going to take this head of this child and they're gonna carve it like a motherfucking jack-o'-lantern mm-hmm. 100 percent. the creepiest part of this though is when his kid goes don't forget you have to help me with the eyes yes Ew. yes well before all that wilkin returns indoors and he briefly his annoy uh he briefly notices cregan um at the window screaming for help before something seems to attack him and that will follow on to one of the stories that we're going to see but Wilkins um, guides Billy downstairs to carve the jack-o'-lanterns and obviously pans out and sees that um, <clears throat> it's Charlie's head. Charlie's ever head is a pumpkin, as a jack-o'-lantern. And that's when you know that this movie's next level because they're not scared to kill kids. And you definitely <laughs> see that here later in the next story that they talk about. Yes, which personally for me is my favourite story in the whole of trick or treat when i think trick or treat i i do think about the surprise party with little red riding hood but honestly Mm -hmm. this halloween school bus massacre scene really sticks out to me with this Mm -hmm. movie um and it also just reinforces something that i already know that kids are assholes (laughs) period and we could just end this podcast right here period in yeah. discussion. Yeah. Thank you everyone. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow us on socials. <laughs> um but yeah, these trick or treaters that came to Wilkins' house are the kids that we see in the next story. Yes, and oh my god. It's the one that stuck with me the most, for sure, seeing this. It's the one I remember the most. Um then second the surprise party because the the 
the twist in that one. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so yes, we get a group of teenager teenage trick or treaters. We've got Macy, Chip, Schneider, Schneider, Schrader, Shredder. It's somebody. I don't keep up with their names. I'm horrible with names. And Sarah. Um, they're collecting jack-o'-lanterns when they meet um, Rhonda, a Halloween traditionist, traditionalist, oh my god, that's a word and a half to say, um, dressed as a witch. The group, led by Macy, visits a flooded quarry where she tells the urban legend of the Halloween school bus massacre. Now... Let me just say, Rhonda's yard with all those pumpkins, all those pumpkins were carved so beautifully, and I'm just like, I want to live here. Her yard was stunning. I have an obsession with jack-o'-lanterns, like, they're mm-hmm. so cool to me, but yeah, sorry, I just had to touch on that, because nice. that visualization in that movie, I'm like, I mm-hmm. want to go to there. <laughs> I want to go to there. <laughs> Definitely is the vibe we're getting from this. Yes, I agree. Uh, and I think, th- obviously, um, before I tell you the legend, I think the legend is also what stuck with me the most because in the le- in this legend, eight disabled children were killed by a school bus driver on Halloween. The children's parents wary of the burden of caring for them and resenting them for their disabilities out of embarrassment wanted nothing more than to get rid of them so they paid the bus driver to dispose of them however before the driver could complete his plan one child escaped his shackles and took control of the bus the boy wounded up causing the bus to fall in the quarry killing the children though the driver survived which one is that ali my cat just jumped up hi ali ali's cute yeah that story is really fucked up like really fucked up and like i said this is where you know that this movie has taken a turn because they're not scared to kind of go into those darker storylines like that because that is a really sad fucked up story if that were to be true and i will say i the first time watching this movie through i got kind of anxious during this part because like Mm. you couldn't tell if these modern day children were truly pranking Rhonda or not by telling her all of this and seeing those like waterlogged vintage halloween costumes like those children come up like you were like is this really happening is this not happening like what is going on good fucking bye Mm -hmm. like and also those um character designs were really creepy a hundred percent a hundred percent and oh it's 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 the part that macy leaves eight jack-o'-lanterns out by the lake as a tribute to the deceased and then you know the group splits up uh, and it leaves Chip and Rhonda um, behind. Rhonda is pursued by horrifying figures but once she is reduced to tears the other teens um, claim responsibility revealing their disguised selves as the dead children in an attempt to quote unquote 
prank her. More like traumatize her. No, yeah. Let's face it. That's what I'm saying. Because that's fucking traumatizing. Kids are fucking assholes. So you didn't know if this was truly going on or not. And then it takes a turn. And these kids that were drowned start coming for these children. So yeah, um, Schneider, Shredder, 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 Shredder. I can't pronounce his name, but that one realizes that Trick's gone too far and comforts the terrified Rhonda. While a bitter Macy kicks a jack o' lantern into the water. And this is where this bitch fucked up because she extinguished and messed up a jack o' lantern before it was supposed to be extinguished. So. Macy's a bitch. She had it coming. She fucking is. She, oh, I wanted to punch her so hard when I watched this film because just fuck off, Ali. <laughs> I love you, but I can't see my co-host. Um, but yeah, I wanted to punch that bitch so hard in the face, but <laughs> she got what she got. She got what she deserved, which is the actual dead children emerged from the lake at- um, attacking Macy and Sarah. Um, Sarah is dragged away and killed while Rhonda escapes, abandoning the other three teams in their gruesome fate and revenge for their heartless prank on her. And this is where the best part of this fucking story comes. As she leaves, Rhonda ex- um, encounters Sam and exchanges a nod out of respect towards him. Rhonda didn't care. She said, I'm taking the next elevator up. Fuck you very much. I'm out of here. Sayonara, suckers. Adios. I'm gone. Can She's you blame like, if her? You're not gonna res- Can you blame yeah, her? No. No, because she respects Halloween and the Halloween traditions. And these bitches didn't. And you know what? She was like, fuck you. You're going to traumatize me? Um, You're going to end up dead. You're going to die. Prepare to die. You're dead. It's like, that's cute, but you're done. (laughs) (laughs) You think you can get me? Bitch, I know about Sam. And he's going to get your ass. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> and I, the funny thing is, I knew that you would love this story because children get killed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, films need to decide to kill kids more often. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go, V. No, you and these killing the kids. No. Why should kids be exempt from getting killed? Because kids get killed in real life. That is true. And that was another thing that people online were saying that potentially why they shelved this for so long and why it didn't have a release is because they were, the studio was worried about the amount of children that died in this movie and they thought the audiences wouldn't like that. Well, was there like... I was going to ask, was there a mass shooting around that time? But there probably was. Let's face it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But yeah, so there are several, like I said, people aren't 100% sure why this movie didn't actually come out. But that could quite possibly be one of the reasons why. It does make sense. It does. That was the 13th reason why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. 
but it got released and we got to see the magic by Sam. Now, this next story I love. Like, I love so, so much. And I think that this segment's titled Surprise Party. It is, yes. And this is so juicy, so good, so Halloween-y, so vibey. I love it. It's interesting as well that the stories we're getting are from different age brackets yeah. as well. So we get to see how, you know, teenagers ce- celebrate Halloween, how 20-somethings celebrate Halloween, how um, parents celebrate yeah. yeah. Parents celebrate Halloween, and then older generations celebrate Halloween. Here's the thing, though, V. No one is safe from Sam. Yeah. Doesn't matter no. your age. No, 100%. But this one doesn't have so much to do with Sam, but we'll get into why that is. Bum, bum, bum. So, Laurie, a self-conscious 22-year-old, joins her sister, Daniela, and friends Maria and Janet for Halloween. She winds up with a little Red Riding Hood costume that, in her opinion, makes her look like she's five in comparison to her friends' revealing outfits. Now, I will say this was definitely a an interesting point because you do see these girls come out in these very revealing costumes to later, I mean... quite literally shed these costumes and show their true selves which is just a very interesting concept when it comes to Halloween that you can be somebody that you 100% are not and it's safe Mm. to do so on this one night of the year but it also is definitely making a statement about those over sexualized women's Halloween costumes and what people of now our age bracket as you were talking about earlier how they view costumes like that i mean you can see it even with the the boy that's selling the costumes like he's definitely sexualizing these women so i thought that that was that was cool looking at it from like an older perspective to kind of see the subtext within this certain story 100 percent. and i think what's also interesting as well it going along the lines of um sexualized when she's she's obviously wearing a little red riding costume and she says she looks like she's five little red riding hood was young was and she's say. talking about sexualizing a minor's costume i was gonna say i dressed up as little red riding hood when i was younger <laughs> but yeah. i I absolutely love the contradiction of her dressing up as Little Red Riding Hood for it seems like they're talking about her losing her virginity. So on top of this over-sexualized viewpoint of women in their early 20s, you also get this um, kind of like, like hint towards her being virginal and her being more timid and scareder than what these other women are so yeah that was an interesting point to this this little part yes definitely well continuing on laurie misses just trick-or-treating um which her sister and friends casually disregard the other girls pick up dates but laurie declines in favor of staying to enjoy the town's festival instead. 
She later encounters a hooded man dressed as a vampire who follows her into the woods and attacks her. I was about to say, now at this block party, though, with this vampire, I don't they like the, the guy who's acting like a vampire, he bites this woman and we had talked about earlier being covered in blood. And I think that she runs into Emma and her husband from the opening scene. Yes. Which, it, like I said before, the story doesn't tell a full linear pathway but i love how they intermingle all of the stories because that gives you emma it gives you principal wilkins and it gives you the surprise party girls all in one scene together and Mm -hmm. viewing it on first watch you don't really realize that but after you watch it multiple times i i love that little yeah you're like oh yeah you're like oh this bitch is gonna die This bitch is dead. This is not looking well for her. <laughs> no. Uh, um, <clears throat> well, she defeats the assailant and Laurie's friends unmask the incapacitated man. That was a big word. I'm a... so happy for you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It, it took me a bit <laughs> to build the courage to say it, but I did it. I did it, babe. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the incapacitated, there you go, I'm going to say it again, man at a bonfire when she forcibly brings him along. She is Stephen Wilkins, revealed to be a serial killer who had sought out victims at the festival. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Scandalous. Oh my God. He fucked with the wrong one today because he got his shit rocked yes and as we find out laurie's friends are then revealed to be werewolves shedding their clothing and skin before feasting on their deceased dates laurie having decided to make an exception and join them for this occasion is the last to transform and kills Wilkins before devouring him. Sitting on a log nearby, Sam witnesses the werewolf's feast. He's like watching all of this unfold and I can just picture him being like... Like kicking his little legs on the log, like with his lollipop. He's like, I love to see it. (laughs) He's like, girl power. No. <laughs> now this was a really interesting werewolf transformation i thought because they quite literally like peeled their skin off which i thought was cool and her teeth before she actually transitioned i think that maybe since it was her first time like her first kill she didn't transform like the other ones did i'm wondering if maybe she had to have like blood on her hands for her to truly get her final form this is the thing. So obviously we, we find through the story that she doesn't want to date. She doesn't want to do what the other girls are doing, which probably indicates to us that she doesn't really like transforming into a werewolf. She doesn't like killing. She doesn't like this sort of thing. Um, But as obviously we see, Wilkins tries to attack her and tries to kill her. So, in her mind, she's probably thinking, well, this is fucking fair game. Yeah. You tried to kill me, therefore... I was trying to kill him. He's going to be dead. Period. Period. (laughs) 
He's dead, bitch. I truly love this storyline, but my favorite scene of them all is the conclusion where we get to see Sam in his full glory. So the next story is called Sam, and then we've got our conclusion. So are you ready for Sam? Yes, I'm so excited because we get to see our little man in action. <laughs> so Krieg, Wilkins' um, Halloween-hating neighbor, scares trick-or-treaters off his doorstep. What a dickhead. <laughs> As the night proceeds, Krieg encounters... Um, escalating phenomena. The house is egged, the lawn is filled with ornate jack-o'-lanterns, and the hallways and ceiling are scrawled, I'm going with that, with Halloween and Samhain briefing. Now, if I saw a pumpkin on fire in my room and a bunch of writing on the wall, I think I would have just shit myself right there. I would be so scared. And that scene really sets the mood. Like, that scene was creepy. Like, I don't know what it was about that, but it, to me, like I was talking about earlier, like, Sam and especially this scene really embodies, like, the darker, more deeper feelings of the Halloween time. So... I think that might be why it's my favorite, but... Yeah, I think out of all of them, it's definitely the darker of the stories. Yeah. So uh, you'll find out why. Krieg is ambushed numerous times by Sam and eventually manages to unmask his assailant we finally get to see this bitch's face underneath his little sack now (laughs) i know that you haven't seen the original but when sam sticks his hand out and he he tears his achilles heel i really really hope that that is a callback to pet cemetery because that's like exactly how gage does it he just puts his little hand out and cuts his little heel like that um, I would assume it probably is. Probably. Because it's too close of a shot. Yeah, it definitely definitely is. But when you see Sam, he's like, okay, th- this thing is gone. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to get myself help. But then you see Sam crawling on the ceiling. And that's where we as an audience realize that Sam isn't a little kid. He's not just like a figment of somebody's imagination. This is truly happening and he is something otherworldly. He's crawling on the Mm -hmm. fucking ceiling, okay? Yeah. And when he comes down and gets unmasked, I know that he's supposed to be scary. And again, my mother-in-law was watching this with us and I was like, Alex, he's so cute. Look at his little face. He's so adorable. And she's like, Margarita, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he does look cute. He's, um, so when he gets unmasked, his head resembles a, um, hybrid of a skeleton, um, a skull and a jack-o'-lantern. And I think that's why he's quite cute. Because you can see the jack-o'-lantern aspect of his face. I love him. Me too. I think everyone does. And at this point, doesn't he, like, shoot him and Sam, like, explodes and it's, like, pumpkin guts? Like, he's quite literally a pumpkin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Krieg shoots Sam several times um, with a shotgun, of all things. Um, and the pumpkin... Um, I don't know, but it sprays um, 
the pumpkin hello, like hello, sprays hello. from the wound. Hello. Sam is proving to be difficult to kill. Yeah, he is. And <laughs> after badly injuring Krieg, he eventually has the old man um, cornered. Yeah, because his little hand crawls back to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's illusion. <laughs> um, instead of killing Krieg, Sam impales a candy bar. Yes, impales a candy bar in Krieg's lap. Completing the tradition of handing out candy on Halloween. Satisfied, Sam spares a confused Krieg and ominously departs. Well, photographs burning in the fireplace reveals that Krieg is the driver from the school bus massacre. So there, <laughs> there is one point when like Sam comes back to life and the guy's like you've got to be fucking kidding me <laughs> and that line sat with me because that's me as hell like if i was in that situation that would 100 percent be my reaction but for me this scene it was the fact that sam was like i got my candy bar i'm a head on out and the door that just swung closed behind him was just the icing on the cake for me he quite literally got his candy bar and he said all right I'm out, closing the door behind me, toodaloo. Yeah, because that's all he cares about is people sticking to the Halloween traditions. That's it. He is literally there to make sure people are abiding by the rules. And he's going to punish people if they're not. With, that's with you know, death or, you know, getting them to a point where they do complete the tradition. And he's like, well, you've done it now. I can't kill you because... You've done it. So, deuces. Now, but the way that they conclude this storyline kind of makes me smile because they don't just leave it at that. He gets what's coming to him, even no. if Sam's not the one that gives it to him. Yes. Oh, my God. So, yeah. It, oh, it's amazing. So, <clears throat> a heavily bandaged creek gives candy to trick-or-treaters. While on his French porch, he observes the street where he witnesses other characters in the film mill about observing Halloween traditions. Billy sits on his father's porch handing out candy to trick-or-treaters and enjoying himself. Rhonda crosses the street, casually pulling her wagon filled with jack-o'-lanterns along and is nearly run over by Laurie and the girls, Bam, as they drive by laughing to each other. Emma and Henry arrive at home. Henry relaxes in his home while Emma blows out the jack-o'-lantern as Sam moves in for the kill for breaking the Halloween tradition. Krieg retreats into his home but immediately hears a knock at his door. These last trick-or-treaters are the children from the bus they mockingly greet him before proceeding to brutally tear apart and devour Krieg as revenge for their murder. Just like I said, I think with Macy, um, he had it coming. He had it coming. <laughs> he had it coming. He only had himself. There's to like blame. a sick, yes. twisted sense of justice in that scene that I enjoy. I feel like it wraps everything up with a little bow, a little Halloween bow at the end, and shows you that all of these stories intersect somehow. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this to me is probably my favorite anthology because, yes, I do enjoy VHS and I have watched the other VHSs, but like, 
I feel like this type of anthology works better just because they all tell a single story rather than like just kind of piecing them together and like how we talked about with ABCs of Death, how it had almost nothing piecing these together. I like when we get like a fully formed story out of everything. I'm not saying that other anthologies don't don't deliver. I just don't think that they deliver as well as Trick or Treat. No, I get that because also we don't have um titles to break up each segment it just is one continuous long film with no like title sequences to break up you know saying we're moving now into the next story because even though yes we've entered a new story it's still part of the same overarching story of trick and i think that this movie kind of allows the audience to go for the ride Unlike how we said how it kind of breaks it up and and does the work for the audience, this movie really makes the audience think and participate in watching the movie. And I did like how it kind of has that comic booky feel, kind of a la creep show in the beginning where they're kind of like running through those pages because anthologies really can be, you know kind of related to comic books in that sort of sense, how it can tell these micro stories without telling a full in-depth story like how we see in like, you know, two hour movies that give you just one thing. I I just really enjoy this. And for anybody who hasn't seen Trick or Treat, it is quite literally the perfect Halloween movie. A hundred percent. And even though we've gone into some detail of each story, it's still worth you giving this film a watch um, because of Sam. Like, he is probably one of the best horror icons that is so underutilised. Like, this film was created in 2007, was released in 2009, and we've had nothing else with Sam in. And it's a crime, to be honest, because Sam is such a good character. And, like, thinking about it, Sam really only kills Emma in this story. Like, there's so many deaths in this movie, and Sam isn't really the perpetuator of most of these killings. So that's interesting that unlike somebody like Michael Myers, who is also supposed to embody not like they're not human, they're supposed to embody this sort of feeling, this spirit, this atmosphere of Halloween. He's not the main culprit of these killings. So I really enjoy that. And I'm very happy that we're getting a sequel, even if it's over 10 years, you know, it's 10 years overdue, we're still going to get that and we're still going to see more of this. And I'm just excited for the stories that the next one's going to tell. Because if it's anything like the original, it's going to be an absolute smash. And I really hope that they're released in theaters so more of the general public gets to enjoy this next set of stories. Yes. And I hope I hope it gets released in the UK at the same time. Stop, oh my god. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Just be funny and goofy. Just do it. No, I I hope that for you too because I know how much you really enjoy this movie. I'm glad that we talked about it finally. Uh, me too. Finally stop bugging you about it. <laughs> so this is one of me and V's, I think, like, 
top Halloween movies to watch. And next week for our Halloween extravaganza episode, we are going to be talking and giving you like our top five movies to watch during the Halloween season. But I don't know if I told this on this podcast at the beginning or if we were just talking about it. But at my vendor show, I asked people to tell me what their favorite scary movie was. And we are going to read those answers um, for our episode next week. And if you would like to tell me and V what your favorite scary movie is, please tweet us or send us a message on Instagram. Um, because we are going to be reading everybody's responses to those questions. I feel like that's a perfect way to celebrate Halloween. A hundred percent. It Halloween is, you know, not only just about watching spooky movies or um cozy autumn movies. It's also a sense of community as well, yeah. if you think about it. So doing this, it is kind of bringing the community together yeah in a way and discussing you know obviously we're gonna have opinions about some things and we're gonna preference that in the the beginning of the next episode um but you know it's it's nice when we can discuss films with each other that potentially you know we may not like or we may love that the other person doesn't like so it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what kind of answers you got? Yeah, because I got answers from children, like literal children. I got answers Aww. from teenagers. I got answers from people our age and older people. So I got a wide variety. And some of these people point blank told me, I don't really watch scary movies. And I said, okay, well, what's a movie that kind of gives you that Halloween vibe? Because we're going to be talking about them. And that's really what this whole month has been about. We talked about our favorite spooky director, a movie that we loved as children during Halloween time, a movie that we love now. and. Now we get to share movies that we like to watch for Halloween and what people, what other people like to watch for Halloween, regardless if they're a horror fan or not. It's, it's mm-hmm. interesting. And like you said, it kind of brings a sense of community together. Now, before we go, I will say, I think Sam might kill me if I were in this I know movie. What done. I don't dress up in costumes. Costumes just aren't really my thing, even though I love Halloween and love effects and stuff. It's just, I just don't like wearing costumes. I never decorate for Halloween outside. I decorate inside, but I never pass out candy, so I don't want kids to come up to my door thinking because I have these extravagant decorations that I'm going to give them candy. And I never pass out candy. I live in the UK. So we'd both be dead if we were <laughs> if we were chatting with Sam. <laughs> Hey, I don't think Sam would be too concerned about me, okay? Hey. Well, I mean, I have candy on hand, so, like, if he were here, I'd just be like, here, Sam, come here, baby, sit down. I'd, like, make a spot for him on my couch. He's not a fucking dog. (laughs) But what if I want him as a pet? He's a bean that can kill you. I know, but he's so cute. My dogs could kill me if they wanted to. Your cats could probably kill you if they wanted to. You know, Sam's just, he's just misunderstood. He just needs somebody to take care of him. Give him some warm, warm cocoa, some cider, some candy. I'd keep him nice and fed, nice and cozy. You're, I feel like you're talking to him as he's though he's a hamster. Because he's so cute. <laughs> 
He would murder you. Okay, well, you know what? Then that's fine. And on that note, I feel like I always am like, I could I could just keep them as a pet. No, you're the definition of I could fix him. <laughs> v, do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? <laughs> Apart from that, not really. Um, we've got socials as always, plugging the socials. Um We've got Twitter at Horror Hunts Pod and Instagram at Horror Hunts Podcast. You can drop us a DM, drop us a tweet, drop us, you know, anything. You can tweet us with what your favourite horror film or scary movie is to watch around Halloween. If you're, you know, not the biggest horror fan and you're listening to us, thank you for choosing us, I guess. Cheers. But, um, you can still part... <laughs> Cheers, you can still participate and let us know what your favourite Halloween film is to watch. Um, It could be a Disney film, Scooby-Doo movie, it could be anything. Literally, your world is your oyster. Yes, and I'm so, I'm so excited to read everyone's responses. Um, I feel like next episode is going to be a really good one, so I'm excited. It's going to be chaotic, let's face it, but we love chaotic it. energy here <laughs> at Horror Hunts. Yes! We'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys.